Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Football Rambles Guide 2. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Pete Donaldson. Gareth Southgate's England have given fans of the national team some incredible memories, going deep into tournaments, bringing back the feel-good factor and making the future look bright again. The long, long wait is over. A Wembley roar to hail England's history makers. Sam Allardyce's one-game reign seems like a lifetime ago. He's done well, he's found a cross. Adam Lallana, it's in! If you go back a bit further, you get to Roy Hodgson's reign. Into Vardy, Ali, it'll come back for Sturridge, will it? It's in! The two substitutes have turned it around for England. Yeah, Roy Hodgson, how did that end again? We lost to Iceland! In the round of 16 of Euro 2016, England lost to Iceland. Iceland! Population of 335,000. Lots of semi-pro footballers in their first major tournament, that Iceland. England have their early goal. Lift off inside four minutes. Expectations were low, but not so low that anyone was expecting arguably the worst defeat in England's history. The truth is, bar the 84 seconds in which they led, England never looked like winning it. Lars Lagerbach's team were organised and up for it, 
and this was enough to stun England into an inertia that seemed impossible to comprehend as it unfolded. The final whistle with Gary Cahill playing up front. The players <laughs> slumped to the turf and the whole world laughed. Hodgson resigned within minutes. Chris Waddle uttered the immortal line, they're all just headphones. And the world laughed again and again and again. It's been a while, so maybe it's safe to revisit it. This is the Football Rambles Guide to England versus Iceland. Gary Cahill. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot about that. Champions League winner. Yeah. Mm, not, not with England, Got though. 40 goals. <laughs> yeah, he played in defence and won trophies at Chelsea. Yeah. Um, seven years ago to the day, gentlemen, that mm. England crashed out of Euro 2016. It's also the anniversary of England's 4-1 defeat to Germany in South Africa oh, yeah, another in classic. 2010. Another classic of the genre. Bloody Nora. Yeah. Um, well, at least we didn't lose 4-1 in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> Germany were a proper team. No, I mean, you said in the intro, Iceland and all the semi-pro players, you mean generally. The players who were playing for Iceland of course. in that tournament weren't semi-pro play, uh, Absolutely. players. You know, because hugely disrespectful to, you know, um, Charlton Athletic and, and, and other, some of the other clubs that... Other feeder clubs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, we remember England, of course, advanced to uh, the round of 16 in the Euros. Uh, and we weren't sure who England were going to play. There was some football to be played in the other group. So, we, we, yeah, and Iceland were involved and, and England could get them. Um, so you would think that you wanted to check out the potential opposition. Well, instead of going to that game where, where Iceland uh, were, were involved, uh, England manager Roy Hodgson and his assistant Ray Lewington took a luxury cruise down the Seine in Paris. Uh, Ray had never seen Paris. <laughs> You love to see that. Mm. That's the reason. On a salary of £3.5 million a year, yep. Roy was comfortably the highest paid coach at that tournament. <laughs> That's what it was a luxury cruise, Jim. Well, yeah. well, indeed, yeah. <laughs> only the best Ray Lewington. Did they just get that usual kind of like glass-topped uh, monstrosity that everyone uh, takes? Glass right. of champers with a raspberry in it, I'm yes. imagining. Booked out the whole thing. Just yeah. Roy and Ray on there. <laughs> <laughs> my, my sister's never seen Paris. Yeah, I'm going to be doing karaoke, yeah. and she'll be looking out the window, yeah. um, and then I will uh, end up uh, embracing him like the film Titanic. Yeah, on the front of the, <laughs> front of dressed the as presumably some kind of Serge Gainsbourg type character. Yes, they did a murder mystery as well. Mar- the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, it's going to be. Well, is it me? <laughs> <laughs> Oi, this is going to be tough for you because you are famously a big defender of the faith. Yeah. The, the Roy faith. Yeah. They're all going to upset you a lot. Is so it? I'd, li- I'd like to start with uh, how you fucking well defend this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you how. They sent Gary Neville to the game. Oh, good. That, that's sort of, we've got our best man on it. <laughs> exactly. that's sorted. Uh, we know yeah. he's a keen an- an- analyst when it comes to football. Yeah. So, yes, and Gary Neville, uh, when he was there... Um, to see Iceland score their 94th minute winner against Austria, uh, was was apparently seen punching the air, thinking, great, we've got Iceland. That is an absolute result for us because this should be easy pickings. Mm. Uh, Just and, uh, internally punch the air. Mm. Just yeah. have some respect. Maybe he did one of his goalgasms again. Maybe. <laughs> oh, Iceland! <laughs> But yeah, so, um, I mean, yeah, 
this this sort of easy game against Iceland turned into an absolute nightmare. Uh, just four days, of course, after the UK had voted to leave the European Union. It so all felt a, related a dreadful somehow, time. It? <laughs> it did. Like Donald Tusk uh, had his say, said, uh, you know, with the UK, Iceland, uh, you know, obviously winning. Um, winter is coming, he wrote. Mm. Uh, and then and then said, uh, sorry, not the UK, I mean England. Winky, yeah. winky face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scotland have done, for, for, no, admittedly, not always the case, yeah. but Scotland have done nothing to deserve the wrath here. <laughs> no, Presumably because they didn't qualify. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> there was a, Pete, you showed us before we recorded, there was a man in the stands with Brexit 16 on the back of his English. Yeah. I'm kind of glad we lost for yeah, him. I'm glad yeah, he had yeah. a terrible day. Yeah. Well, it, it also came along just, it was a few days after the Brexit vote, wasn't it? The game. Yeah, it was we, we just said, yeah. Yeah, mm. for four days. Did you say four days, whatever it was? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's obviously very much on people's minds. Yeah. Um, just a crushingly depressing thing yeah. to look back on. But yeah. do you remember at the time, it was, it was, Euro 2016 was sort of hyped up as something that might take your mind off of that a little bit. It might be something that um, would be a little bit of a positive. It was really also jumped on by a load time. of fucking right wing yeah, morons of course it as was. well. So, so we'll show this lot how to do it. And, and look, what you said a, a moment ago about Roy Hodgson, you know, I do love Roy Hodgson and I still do. And he did a fine job with Crystal Palace. And Fulham. And, let, and Fulham. And let's just leave it there with yeah. Roy. No more mentions of Roy. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> You're doing the Donald um, Trump hands there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very much enjoying I, that uh, diplomacy. In the, most, in the most diplomatic way possible. Job, great job. Great job at Fulham. Great job. <laughs> the most beautiful. England, Roy Hodgson, fake news. That's fake news. We're going to struggle not to mention Roy. <laughs> yeah, it's fake news. Fake news. Um, <laughs> he, he, because he was poor. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the, the context of this was that Roy took over for Euro 2012, right? And do you remember yeah. the atmosphere around that was like there were no expectations? No, because it was like, so late. This on, is actually yeah. really fun. This is really, really mm. nice. And I mean, I suppose we were we were proven right to have low expectations yeah. because this was basically as bad as it's ever but, been. But you have to while qualifying. Yeah, but you have. All. But Jim, you also have to add to that. So he comes in 2012. There's yeah. no expectation because he comes in so late on. England were really poor in that tournament. They Obviously, they mm. got knocked out to Italy on penalties, but it was a joke. Yeah. There, was, there shouldn't have been anywhere oh, near seven it. Seven points in the group. Um, it's good. Okay. Right. Uh, then the World <laughs> Cup follows up. Yeah. You happy with the amount of points they got in that group, are you? Uh, one point, wasn't it? A nil-nil against Costa Rica. Costa Rica, right, went to the quarterfinals of and that I'm saying Did right, they not? And I, it couldn't score against England. And I'm saying, rightly or wrongly... Seek help. Roy stayed, <laughs> Roy stayed in the job. Yeah. And looking well, back on right, it now... Damn right he did. Looking back on it now... Mm. Um, it looks like it may you know, may not have been the right fit for him if I'm being generous because you're here but they did qualify okay and they had some good results in the lead up to this tournament yeah. um, if you look at how they got on at the start of 2016 if you just take it there because mm. I think at the end of 2015 they beat France in a friendly they beat Germany away in a friendly at the start of 2016 oh, didn't yeah, they? what a win March that was. 2016 going into the tournament of course yeah. they got pulled back Pegged back late on by Russia, didn't they? But we watched that together, didn't we? But that was, England actually looked they looked okay, quite good in that. This, game. It was a gutting equaliser late on. Yeah, I remember how gutting that was. Um, the the game against Wales was a dramatic mm-hmm. finish, and obviously England got through. Um, it was dogged and it was wasn't pretty, and, and, but, but they you'd got expect there. that against another home nation, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, the Slovakia thing—they made so many changes. Yeah, like they made so many changes. Um, did they look at the team they picked to play against Slovakia? It was actually quite odd looking back. I think he made six changes. Yeah, and then and then they go into um, and they go into the Iceland game, um, and and if you try and drill down into um, into the squad they had at at 2016, mm-hmm. it was the youngest squad in the tournament, which yeah. is interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's only interesting to it to up to a point because when you look at what Southgate's done mm-hmm. uh, and and um, how. Relatively speaking, I know England haven't won anything, but relatively speaking, it's it's been successful. A period of success yeah. compared to this. Like for sure. y- you would think, I-, I was thinking to myself, prepping for this show, I think, well, if I go and look at what Hodgson did, yeah. maybe the green shoots are there, 
And he deserves a bit more credit in retrospect for the players he's brought through and that Southgate's been able to kind of take advantage of. It's not actually the case. No, it's no. The younger squad they had in Euro 2016, the sheer number of them mm-hmm. who are now no longer part of that setup at all mm, yeah. is is actually quite stark. Yeah, I yeah. mean, even even you if you if you it would be a stretch to blame Roy Hodgson for Deli Ali's career trajectory, of course. Yeah. But Deli Ali's one of the really you know, exciting young players. He's 20 years old in that tournament. He's just you know he's starting to pull up trees at Spurs. He's he's winning like his mm. eighth cap or something as he goes into Euro 2016. But two years later, he was a starter for for Southgate in the semi-final. Fine, so that's what I'm saying. So it wouldn't be fair to blame Hodgson for that. But if you go through the list of other players... Smalling, um, Sturridge. Yeah, I mean, Mm. Bertrand and um, Barkley and (laughs) Rose and Klein and all these kind of players that you think, oh, okay, if if you're building something, Mm -hmm. they need to be a part of it. Mm. Southgate's given so many new caps to so many players who've come on and done great things that you can't even look back at this and go... Mm -hmm. Actually, he, he, he sowed the seeds. Well, we're hanging on for Wilshere, weren't we, really? Um, I think that's which right. was also yeah, mad was looking back at it. Well, crazy. I think, yeah, I think Hodgson wanted Wilshere to, to step up and, and do a bit more. And I think also he wanted that for Sturridge as well. Sturridge was his mm. main man uh, in World Cup 2014. You know, he put Rooney out on one of the wings yeah. uh, because he wanted Sturridge through the centre. And, and that was often the case. I mean, Harry Kane sometimes played in the wing. Now, Harry Kane was still a young player at this point, but he had won the Premier League golden boot in the season going into the Euros, you mm. know. Uh, and then, of it, course, I mean, he was taking corners, wasn't he? Well, that was tournament. strange. So the story with that was that Harry Kane, apparently, in training, they were just doing practicing on set piece, and Harry Kane started taking a few corners, and apparently his delivery was fantastic. Like, they worked on it. Mm. So in training, that is what, you know, um, someone who was on the inside of the camp has said, but you're surely taking that player out of well, um, but, but, but Thierry Henry took Thierry Henry took him for Arsenal. So if, so if he's, I suppose that, that Hodgson and, and Lewington were thinking was, well, blimey, he his delivery is great. Like it seems to be working on the training ground. Well, should we try that in a man? And that's what I think did. it's a convenient figly. Uh, mm. England okay. didn't get knocked out by Iceland. Yeah, of course. But it did seem slightly. Do you, odd, do you want a lovely little fact? When Marcus Rashford was introduced in the 85th minute against Iceland, yeah. Uh, he completed more dribbles in that time than any other England player throughout the yeah. match. <laughs> like, I mean, the sight of Wayne Rooney in an England shirt sucked the life out of him. <laughs> yeah. hey, 52 goals for England. Jim yeah, Fuming. But, right, but that's the thing. It's, I mean, obviously he was fantastic for England in a lot of different ways, but to me, for some reason, I, it was just a, almost like a sort of muscle memory. It's like, oh, that yeah, period of just disappointment and it mm. being drab, just a, Dirge to watch. Just well, it's another, really it's another inspiring situ- it's, it's and another situation that Southgate handled very well. Yeah. He tried to play Rooney in, in midfield, of course. Absolutely, it's not, ju- it's not Rooney's fault, but he's the person who I know what you mean. The image that brought that feeling out of me. Rooney's, Rooney's, in, in one sense, is an incredibly unlucky England player. Yeah, you know, he scored all those goals, but really, Euro two thousand and four, which was only a quarter final, by the way. Obviously, he lit, lit that tournament up. But for his performances, for his quality and for his goal scoring, he deserved to be in a different time period. So what about Iceland themselves? They finished second in the group uh, on five points behind Hungary and ahead of Portugal, who would win the tournament, and, and Austria. I missed that. I was on the sand. <laughs> well, within four years, they had risen from outside the top 130 <laughs> in the FIFA rankings to 34th. They were managed by veteran Lars Lagerbach uh, and his assistant, Jaime Halgrimson, um, who was working part-time as a dentist at the time. Yeah, there were all there were so many great facts about Iceland. But, yeah. um, James Brand, the uh, comedian, uh, came up with some little bit of maths. Uh, one in one hundred fifty thousand Icelandic people have scored against England. Uh, one <laughs> in sixty thousand are Sigur Ross, and three <laughs> in every million are Bjork. This is a lovely little fact. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> so yeah, so going into the game, I mean, obviously Iceland 
you know, they they'd qualified through their their group to the to the next round, and they were kind of like one of the talks of the tournament. Really, you know, they again this this, this tiny side. Mm. Yeah, they qualified fairly well. They didn't lose a single game at home in their qualification mm-hmm. group. I think they narrowly lost a game to Turkey and the Czech Republic yeah. away from home. Other than that, they qualified well. What about their, their fans, Luke? The fans were amazing as well, of course. We all remember um, the thunderclap, but, but, of course. But, but the, the thing is, the thing is, if you're Iceland going into that tournament, mm-hmm. your objective and to a, to an extent as well, your way of achieving that objective is completely clear. Yeah. But you're basically going into that and going nine times out of ten, mm. we are going to be an unfancy team, mm-hmm. and we need to be super organised, make it really difficult, and and see what comes out of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what happened was they. They met an England team mm-hmm. who were the inverse of that. Yeah. Completely opposite. You know, ex- large expectations, a quite, not, not necessarily a disunited squad, but a, a, a squad that didn't really know what it was with some young players, but with some veteran players who were perhaps a bit past their best, relying on um, uh, players like Jack Wilshire who had hardly played a game. Mm. I, think he, I don't think he'd started a single Premier League game that season. No, or something. he'd had a yeah. tiny amount of football. And, 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 and so... England were looking back on it in kind of disarray. And I think mm. the attitude going into the game was much like the attitude going into the game against Cameroon in World Cup 90, where they just didn't bother looking at them. Yeah. They were just like, well, yeah. we'll get past this lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's coming next? Mm. And of course, England dodged a bullet against Cameroon by the skin of their teeth. And they got through the game. But again, and then against Iceland, they didn't. But I, I, I'm not trying to be sympathetic towards England because I don't actually think they deserve it. But what I do think is, you know, you could definitely make the argument that for the situation England mm. were in, this was a nightmarish situation for them. Spent a lot of time with the low block. They just, they just totally. Set up and it's yeah. that, that's that's a tournament performance, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, and, and like that's that. why when the game starts, England get a penalty and Rooney tucks it away in the fourth minute. I remember thinking, brilliant, Iceland are going to have to come out. Yeah, yeah. They're going to have to come out because, as you say, Pete, they were very, very defensive, and that had proved to be effective in in qualifying at times and obviously in 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 this tournament. And I thought, brilliant. That is exactly what England wanted because England can now sit back and they can hit them on the break, blah, 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 blah. And Iceland equalised two minutes later with a long throw it into the box. Uh, apparently, Hodgson had said England had prepared for this before the game, but it, it, it was such a kind of, oh, bloody hell. All right, okay, that's, okay, that's, a, that's a blip. Yeah. And then, of course, there was those uh, words, Steve McLaren. His uh, little uh, chat on Sky Sports uh, on Sky Sports News when he was he was watching the game and he says you know England looks solid Iceland aren't carrying much of a threat and midway through his sentence um, uh, Sig Thorson puts Iceland in the head and that 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 McLaren clip of him oh no we started well yeah. it's just a minus oh no he's just he's just a, he's just a chemical alley of yeah of the <laughs> and, and I think I think you, the detail on on the Iceland goals I think are really interesting. The, the equaliser, you're right to point out how quickly it comes along. And, and we've seen any team can be vulnerable after they just mm-hmm. score. That seems to happen all the time in football, right? So that's kind of interesting on one level. But the second, um, I would argue, more important point to make about that goal is the manner of how they score it. Yeah. You know, a lot of the build-up in the game was that Iceland, to the game was Iceland will not only do what Pete says and defend deep, but they'll look to threat from set pieces. Yeah. The manner that England scored, I mean, it's a truly abysmal goal. Yeah. They, it's, a, it's a long throw, which Iceland have been doing all tournament. Mm-hmm. It made you, th- at the time, I remember, I was in the US at the time watching it, and I remember thinking at the time, I'm confused as to what England have been working on all week here, mm-hmm. because if, if Roy and Ray have not bothered fucking working with anything, yeah. they just think they're going to get through this, yeah. they're wrong. Iceland are having a moment, mm-hmm. you have to be, whatever happens, no matter how shit the team you're playing against is, particularly international level, you have to be solid on those set pieces. Mm-hmm. England had so many players that could just 
headed that away. Yeah. And mm. and the manner of the goal just made you think, shit, here we go. And then the second goal, I think Hart has to save it. England were very, very passive around the edge of the box. It was almost like they were ghosting their way through the game. Like they were only just half arsed in it. Yeah. It was very strange. And Joe Hart, you know, he, he for, for the goal that England conceded against Wales, you know, Gareth Bell smashes that free kick in. Hart should have saved that one. Yeah. And Hart said after yeah. the game, oh, you know, don't talk to me. It's, it's not about me. And that's when Hart was... was you know, he would talk a very good game. Now, Hart yeah. was a very good goalkeeper and, you know, deserves his place in, in Manchester City folklore. I believe that, is, it, is there a training pitch or, or something named after him there? In Got the, a lot in of caps for England as well. A lot of caps for England is as well. Is that a dig? What's that? Like the training pitch is named after him? No, no, there's that, loads no. of them. They're all named after players. They're yeah, named after like, important look, players. You know, if he'd trained more, <laughs> he wouldn't have had to apologise Interesting so interpretation, Jim. Yeah. It's called, it is called the Joe Hart Apology Training Ground. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. Joe Hart, again, it was, you know, I, I was, and when he makes that mistake, I think that that was really the end of his England career. I mean, obviously, yeah. Gareth Southgate came in and, 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 and that would be it. But I just, it was like, oh, it's, it's, it's another one. And England 2-1 down. And this is the only time I've ever felt this um, during an England game. England went 2-1 down and everyone was like, oh, bloody hell. And that was in the 18th minute. And I can vividly remember this because you don't remember the 37th minute of a football match when nothing's going on, right? <laughs> yeah. And I sat there and I was with a mate of mine who's... Um, six or seven years younger than me and so therefore I've got a, a little bit more experience of watching England than him and I just said England will lose this game 2-1 mm. this is not going to change and unless Iceland get another one for however reason mm. a set piece up, I said it was just it just it, as clear as day I remember going oh this is it England this, this won't change no half time team talk no inspired substitution nothing this is going to end 2-1 When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All 
you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash ramble. I remember texting the, the Ramble WhatsApp group mm. saying, this is the funniest thing that England have ever done. Mm. And it was because from 2006 onward, you could really expect nothing. And mm. we were in this period of like, it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. And it's not even spectacularly bad generally. It's just boring and nothing happens. We want really, glorious really dull. Yeah, and, we, and this seemed like the absolute zenith of mm. that. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking... I f- at first thought England would turn it around, but that feeling really did only last a, like a couple of minutes. Yeah. That sense of um, watching this ridiculous thing unfold mm-hmm. was was quite powerful, wasn't it? And you, you sense the players felt like that as well because they were just taking pot shots. Oh, definitely. They were just trying and to shoot from distance, snatch at volleys. Just, yeah. It was. And it was. The, the, you, watching back the chances now, they were yeah. absurd. One, one of the biggest criticisms you could lay at the door of that team in a knockout game in a tournament, mm. regardless of the opposition, probably, is that their chances, mm-hmm. I mean, were Woeful. so bad. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and you could accept that if you were playing like a peak Germany or Italy yeah. or Portugal, mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. because they're capable of that. Yeah. And Iceland were a very limited side. You don't want to be unfair to them, a very limited side. But there's a, there's a really, I watched it back as well, and there's a really interesting commentary bit from Clive Tildesley. Um, and it's deep in the second half, right? And, um, Harry Kane has a header and he just can't get his head over it. I think mm. it goes over the bar or wide or whatever. And um, Clive Tilsey says that's as clear a sight as England have had on Iceland goal on the Iceland goal all game. Yeah. Because, of course, the first goal was a penalty yeah. where mm. Sterling's not really going to do anything with the ball. No. He mm. just gets there before the keeper. Gift. Yeah, there's a gift really. Total gift. That's, and, and, and the chances Iceland had, they should have scored at least three. They mm. should have scored at least three. Yeah, they yeah, were far on, better. England yeah. was so bad in this game. I the mean, tempo was appalling. It was, it was mm. dreadful. And Hodgson later told his players... Um, to have no fear, you know, in, in, in the dressing room at half time. And he and he later admitted that during the second half he was thinking, This can't happen. This is such a bad moment. We can't live through the aftermath of this. And and you saw that. Paralyzed by it. Mm. Completely. And this was the fear that that England in the early noughties under Sven and all that, there was there was a little bit of fear, but it was it just didn't quite click. It was it was a different feeling. There was a kind of ah, oh, we, we we should be okay and and whatnot. And then you go through the years of Capello and Hodgson and all that, McLaren before. And that's where the fear really comes in, is that suddenly England think, oh, we can't just stroll to a quarterfinal anymore, mm. like they used to do in maybe glorious failure. And, oh, but it was a refereeing decision. Or it was a lucky mm. goal yeah, or yeah, something yeah, and all yeah, this kind yeah. of bollocks, you know. The fear was there and the, the heaviness of the England shirt uh, became so apparent, like that they were petrified. And it's that kind of, I don't want to be the fall guy. And mm. you think to yourself, but you're two one down. You're doing. The you're all goes. the four, like you, you, somebody has to do something. And the lack of creativity, the lack of imagination, the lack of energy. The lack of, this was the absolute peak of it mm. of England. The, just a big grey mass of players, totally. rather than there's no yeah. like Lakeep. Um, one of their lines was just un deficit de character. Simply say, uh, pa Rooney. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I like think, a complete lack of any character. Well, Rooney and, was doing his head in, I think, but yeah. uh, you know, he's. But the thing is, I, I, I'm as good as Rooney's been, and, and I do respect him. The amazing. Well, he's part of this. He didn't inspire them. Yeah, but I think he's probably the last thing. He's probably the last thing you need in that situation Mm. because what he will tend to do is um, 
he will react very emotionally to it. And of course, that can mm. be a strength. But he'll try and do what David Beckham did against Greece. Yeah. And that's a that's a Haley's Comet. Yeah. That doesn't happen very yeah, often. Yeah, yeah. What actually needs to happen is Wayne Rooney, in his role as a senior pro, I'm not criticising him for any particular reason, mm. but in his role as a senior pro, bear in mind this is his last tournament, his last role of yeah, the yeah, dice yeah. really, mm. um, he needs to be inspiring in a different mm-hmm. way. He can't just be tearing around like yeah. a maniac. Harry Kane did the same. Harry Kane tried to shoot, tried to score from a free kick about 40 yeah. yards yeah, out. Yeah, but that's the point. thing, look. Is that the, and that was terribly converted as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it's bad. It was bad. But like, what, what, what else is he going to do? I mean, but with, with Beckham, if you look at the players who were in that team with Beckham, I mean, Sheringham comes on and scores. Hmm. You know, that, that's a player with, with a bit of character, with big game experience for England and so on. Now, of course, you're and right. And a canny player and as well. And a canny player. But, but Beckham still has to do that. But that was second half. That, that was a very different thing. But England just, with the help of... Um, Finish goalkeeper Anthony Niemi get get over the line there. But if you look at this England side, you look around. There's no any sort of slight remotely positive big game experience really for for um, those England players. I mean, well, aside from Rooney, you mean? Well, apart from Rooney, yeah, he's the only one really. But you know, you've got a young side, mm. and you've got players who again have gone through some of this sort of have trudged through some one or two of these tournaments but again look at that side who is really going to try and grab it by the scruff of the neck yeah. it's a transitional squad isn't it it is and, and but I'm, but I'm, what I'm saying is that I don't want anyone to grab it by the scruff of the neck I want them to play like a team. Yeah, of course. Because if they do that against this opposition, yeah, they if, will win. But if you're not playing like a team, then you need somebody to do that. And it, it you was need neither. A leader to set the tone of what exactly. that team plays it, like. Right? You, you do need leaders. Yes, you need a system. Yes, you need all that sort of stuff. But you need leaders as well. And they didn't have any. And the and the fallout of this, you know, as I said, Hodgson re- re- retired straight away. The the abuse that the, the players got and so on. Chris Waddle did that extraordinary rant about the players being pampered. You know, and they're all just headphones, is what he mm. said. Um, just. Very, very damning. And well, Hodgson thing... won three of his eleven games across three and, major and, tournaments. And it's not. And it's not. What's really interesting about the, the Chris Waddle thing and the general. I think the reason the Chris Waddle rant yeah. resonated and why we still talk about it now and why yeah. it's a famous thing is because obviously people re- resonated with it, right? And what I find interesting is that I don't personally believe that England failed in this tournament or any other tournament because they're quote-unquote pampered because they don't care. That's that's not the case. No. But for some reason, maybe it's something to do with the English character or whatever, that's what we feel like. We almost feel like they're, they're, they're betraying us. Yes. They're, they're, they're not understanding Try harder. what it means to us. Mm-hmm. And, and what is actually the case is that they just lost a football match because... Other players wanted it better, wanted it more, and, and played no, better. No, no, but they... it wasn't because they wanted it more. Yeah, they were up for it, but it was because of that. The nice fear plan, and we didn't. No? Yeah, well, it was. The, you can, I mean, you can talk about tactics and all the rest of it. I mean, was so Lars Lager back setting? Maybe it's because the England players care too much. Then, well, perhaps that's part. I of think it. it's. I think it is the fear. You can talk about. I mean, the England's front three: Sterling, Kane, and Sturridge. Well, Sturridge is not going to really track back too much on that. I haven't watched the game for ages, so perhaps he did forgive me. If, but, you know, I, I Rooney, think it's a fairly safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the midfield, um, Eric Dyer, of course, was he a centre back? Was he in there? I mean, he did play there in the World Cup two years later. You know, there are some holes to be picked at there for Iceland. But again, look at the squad of players Iceland have got. Look at look at their manager, canny operator. But so was Hodgson as well with some of his achievements in in the game. So you can talk about tactics and right and wrong and so on and blah 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 blah. We're not we're not talking about just this game. England weren't blisteringly good up until this point and then froze. This is the story mm. of this period of the England football team, and that was its peak, and that's where we we saw it at its at its sort of greatest slash worst, and we haven't seen it since. Southgate has taken over. 
I'm sure in years to come, maybe it'll creep back. I don't know, but it's one of the Southgate's great achievements as England manager. And it's one thing that he set out to do to stop that is, right, all that stuff that's happened in the past, let's, let's, let's forget that. Let's create new stories. Mm. Let's create your memories of being an England side. Because Harry Kane was in this team. Mm, yeah. How good has Harry Kane been? Kyle you, Walker. Kyle Walker. Sterling. There you go. Sterling's been one of... Oh, Dyer um, as well. Dyer's yeah, Sterling's been one of his uh, best players, um, you know. Uh, and at this, at this point, he was the most expensive English footballer. There you, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. look how his career kind of like after Pellegrini left, how it all yeah. kind of came together. But, but but Kane is 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 that play? You know, Kane could have suffered a bit what Wayne Rooney suffered from. Uh, if he, you know, it's another sort of botched appointment. Not quite. Southgate good. takes takes responsibility that he hasn't. Yeah. Of course, and, and also uh, he's he's weathered difficult moments as well. Yes, that, he that, has. that defeat to Hungary mm-hmm. at home was it four nil or four yeah, nil? It was. Four nil. Yeah. And that was they were booed off the pitch well, and they were being booed during the game. And if you, if you if you're going to spin this into a positive, mm. you end on a positive note or whatever as we move into the legacy of this whole thing, is that I think it's a pretty convincing argument that you have to have had this yeah. to have what you have now. Because Southgate you, knows it. You have to get to the ground where the barrel yeah. used to be yeah, yeah, yeah. to go right now we can reset because mm-hmm. if you don't do that and mm-hmm. you start talking about a reset half of people go well, hang on a minute it's yes. fine we don't need to do a reset well, and that about? was the yeah. problem with, Engl- with yeah. the England national team no, so self, no self-awareness no honesty right we'll try it. a foreign manager we'll bring him yeah. in oh we'll try another foreigner oh, we'll just try an Englishman we'll try an older Englishman mm. it's, it's, no there's, there's something deeper here of course you can't set up like an academy style system and have an, a, 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 this is how we play at this level and so on you can do that but to a very limited degree in terms of playing style at international football but not really which is why one of the reasons why people thought Hodgson will be good yeah, uh, repetitive the, simple keep it simple absolutely kind of right and then we used to say England players don't look like they know their jobs yeah. they don't look like they're enjoying it they don't with Southgate's England side, Southgate is not a great tactician. This we know. Well, Holland, Steve Holland's well respected. He is, yeah. But international football is not. Uh, it's not about that. The place it? where yeah. it is, you've got to have good team spirit. Everyone's up for it. Everyone's pulling in the same direction. Da di da di da. It's why Morocco can go to a semi final of a World Cup. It's why this Portugal side can win that tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's why Greece can win uh, an international tournament as well. And Southgate, by and large, we haven't won one, of course, under Southgate. But by and large, has, has done that. But it's getting. Really Rid of the fear. How many England players, or English players, should I say, really want to play for England at the moment? All of them. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the difference. No one's going, oh, does the bullet there? Or, I'm say. glad this is over. Or, I just, I just keep me on the bench. No, but I think they, I think they all, I think they all want well, okay, to play okay. for England. I just think that they relish, like they, relish is they, the they word, would, maybe. they would endure the environment they were put yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. It was fear with it. I don't, I don't think there's a, I don't ever remember a player not making themselves available for a tournament or anything like that. Well, no, I mean, there's, there's one or two rumours. You know, you might be crucified by the media yeah. if things don't well, go Jamie well. And the likelihood is that whatever happens, it will be considered to have not gone well. Yeah, Jamie Carragher said in World Cup 2006 he said there were some players when they got knocked out oh, thank goodness that's right. over yeah. well Gary yeah. Carragher said himself I always used to think oh thank god it's not Liverpool Yeah. but that's a really interesting juncture because if you come on to um, speaking of Jamie Carragher yeah, Monday Night Football is broadcast mm-hmm. I think the first Monday Night Football of the new season after um, England are knocked out by Iceland in 2016 so the first Monday Night Football of the 16-17 season and uh, Neville and Carragher are there mm. And Neville, of course, had just been relieved of his position as a coach in the England squad because he and Hodgson resigned. And it's a really good example of how that thing you're talking about there, that history and that tradition of England just being completely you know, overwhelmed and, mm-hmm. and it being that really terrible experience. Mm-hmm. Because Gary Neville, despite having a reputation as being mm. a really good pundit and he's done many really interesting things and revolutionised punditry to an extent in, in, in this country, 
he is clearly completely infected by it. If you go and watch back, you can go and watch it back on YouTube now. Mm. Carragher and Dave Jones are essentially interrogating Neville yeah. about what went wrong. Mm -hmm. And Neville almost turns into the most basic guy ever. Mm. He starts denying that it was that bad. Mm -hmm. He starts denying that um, England up until that point had been that bad. And that, you know, they did this and they did that. And, and, and he starts defending the, yeah. the changes they made in the game before it. It's almost like he flips a switch inside himself and, yeah. and goes from being a really innovative, interesting guy who can mm -hmm. analyze the game in a really entertaining way to just like, I'm yeah. the England guy again. Mm -hmm. And it's really yeah. odd. So I think maybe him being there as this link between Hodgson and the squad because he's younger was actually a really bad move because well, that, he, he yeah. remembers what it was like. Well, that, that's why he, one of the reasons why he was brought in. So he could relate to the players. Mm. Whereas if you see Southgate and the way he is and, and the way the whole staff is, it's, it's just night and day. And also in this tournament... <laughs> if Neville's the most relatable one, you're in yeah, big well, trouble. And, uh, you are. And, and in this tournament, we see Wales have an amazing time. Mm. And England could see that. Could though, could they? <laughs> Slugs. Um, and England Semi final that, what? And yeah. to try and emulate that at tournaments and go, right, they said it was like a lad's weekend or yes. lad's holiday away. And they, they, they took some of the inspiration from that. Because again, if Wales, okay, England didn't have a player like Gareth Bale. But if, if Wales can do that with their squad, why on earth can England... And they can now. And that's why... If you, yeah. What did Connor Cody say when he didn't play a minute for exactly. England in that tournament? Best summer of my life. There you go. Mm. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another Football Ramble Guide too. Remember, we want your ideas for our next guide. Email us at footballramble.com or tweet us at Football Ramble with your suggestions. Thank you, chaps. Wayne Rooney was earning enough to buy everyone in Iceland three Freddos every week. <laughs> And I do love a Freddo pizza. <laughs> yeah. do love a Freddo. Damn right. Three a week's not enough. Three weeks not enough. No. Yeah. Okay. Good three weeks, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there we are. Thank you very much, everybody. Laura Love. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 